it's that time of year again where we might be thinking about the new year and what we want to do in the new year with our business. So today we are sharing with you a whole bunch of things you can do to give your handmade shop a refresh for 2022. We're looking at some high level things you might want to think about and then we're going to give you a list of nitty gritty little jobs that you can do that don't involve like huge amounts of work but that might make all the difference to making your shop easier to find and convert more in the new year. So this is episode 128 of the Business of Making podcast. Let's get started. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. G'day everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Business of Making podcast. I am here as always with my lovely co-host Mick. Hello. And Deb. Hello. Oh, I'm Jess, by the way, Hi. <laughs> It's funny, I listen to other podcasts and they're like, my name is Jess Van Den and I'm here with like Michaela Danvers and Deborah Engelmeyer. Yeah, <laughs> just full names. Using our full names yeah, being should. a bit more professional Maybe. here. Yeah. I don't know. So people can find us online because if they type Mick, like, yeah, what true. Up, really? No, well, oh my God. That, that's see. a really good point. <laughs> She's just going to Google Mick and see what happens. Well, it's I'm M-I-K, by the way, not but M-I-C-K. I'm going to also Google <laughs> Jess, Deb and Mick because let's oh, surely, yeah. surely the podcast will come up. You would think Let's so. Let's have a look. It depends what order we usually put Yeah, even in. in the little Google, well, except I need to do it in incognito because. You do because. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They Let's, know us. <laughs> I'll do this while you keep introducing. Yeah. We're, I'm just going to be honest. We're a little punch drunk today because this is the last time we're recording for quite a long time today. We're recording our, our final episodes before we go on hiatus. It's all a bit exciting. Yeah. Such and a bit sad, sad too. Yeah. 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 It's a bit of sweet. It is. It is. So it's possible, like, we want to, like, bring you, like, good tips, but it's possible also we're going to be laughing a lot because <laughs> we feel it as silly. As per normal, let's be honest. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> as if we don't do that. Didn't we, get a, didn't we get a review once where they were like, I like this podcast, but they laugh too much. Too much laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, they enjoy sorry. themselves too much during the recordings. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not really. Have you found it yet? Is it yes, working? for those playing at home. <laughs> In the Google. When I just put in, in the Google, if I put in Mick, n- no, there's nothing that is related to me on the first page whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If I put in just Deb Mick, the whole page is all of us. Oh, like, the there you podcast. go. So, except for like one. Oh, that's funny. I just did it on Incognito as well. And then I just typed in Mick Deb Jess and it went, Who are the maker mavens? It yeah. zero of the business yeah. of making. That's pretty good. And then, Mikhil, you did a really good job with your SEO here because then your website comes up, the Makers Collective, New Secret Project Reveal. Yeah, Project Reveal. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I don't do remember on, writing that. Yeah, I've just done it on DuckDuckGo in Incognito because that's my search engine. And yeah, who are the Maker Mavens? That's the first thing that comes up. Episode zero. We're also on a website called greataustralianpods.com. Oh. The third result for me is Western Point Veterinary Clinic professional team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My third result is Patreon. Submit a photo critique. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I have that too. Okay. Well, anyway. Least, okay. Should we get on with the episode? Let's. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hi, everyone. 
Hi. Um, we actually have a good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about um, basically does your handmade shop, your online shop need a bit of a refresh before 2022? And if you're listening to this at a later date, this is always a good thing to do at any point in time. If you're feeling yeah. like things are a bit stagnant, things are a bit slow, your sales aren't happening, you don't know what's wrong, rather than rushing off and doing all sorts of weird and wonderful new things and posting on Instagram every day, how about we actually, yeah, how about we look at what you've already got and how we can possibly improve that? That's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. And Deb has one of her favorite bugbears about this, so I'm going to let her kick off with that. Oh, yes, the high-level stuff. <laughs> yes. No, because we are going to get into more kind of details in and, like, you know, little things that you need to look at well, that, that aren't actually little but, you know, more kind of like detail-based. But the first thing is you always need to figure out what the main bottleneck is with your shop. And often, more than often, I think 90% of the people I ask this question to don't have the answer. It's like, do you have a traffic or a conversion problem? And it's like, then they don't know. Mm. If you don't know that, then you don't know which direction to go with your troubleshooting and what you should actually be looking at and what's the most important. And so that's when you start doing too many different things that kind of won't really have an impact. So the first question is always that. It's like, do you have a traffic problem? Not enough people are finding your shop in the first place or people do find your shop, but we're not really quite turning them into actual customers. And can we discuss what a good conversion rate is? Because I think people are vastly ignorant about yeah. this problem. Yes. Because, you know, if I'm getting 10 people to my shop, I should get 10 sales, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> think conversion rate? No. Yeah. Well, that actually, that's like, so it's like a, a double kind of, it's a good point that you brought up that's a bit different, which is also don't look conversion rate too soon because if you don't have enough traffic, it's not going to be really significant. So I mm-hmm. see a lot of shop owners that are like, because it's exciting, like you just launch it and you're like, oh, I've had like 80 people find my shop. And that's great. 80 people in a room is a lot of people, but it's also nothing on the internet. <laughs> Sorry. And statistically, it doesn't really give you any indication as to whether like if you get 80 people on your shop and you don't have a sale, eh, I'm not, I'm not sweating. You know, like I'm not going like something is wrong. I'm like, get more traffic first. Mm-hmm. So I think until you get to a few, at least hundreds of people finding your shop, and I do mean people, not views, like actual different human beings, different persons. <laughs> yeah, not page views. Not page Visitors, views. Not, page not views. views. Yeah, yeah, actual people, human beings. <laughs> you can't really assess your conversion rate then. So you need to wait. And and that kind of sucks at first because I know you're like excited because you got like 80, 100, 150 and you still have to wait. But that's when you know that your focus should be on traffic still and that you're not ready to do any deep conversion, you know, optimization work. And then what was the initial question? Oh, yeah, the percentage, like what's a good conversion rate? This is such a tricky question, like, because there's all these like standards of like e-commerce that they'll be like, <laughs> oh, between one and three or whatever, like 2% is good, over three is good, over five is like fantastic. But like, it really depends on the niche, like... Mm. And it's, so it's kind of like just better than where you're at now is the best answer. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Like if I look at my handmade business, I don't think I've ever gone above like 3% conversion. Yeah, 3 I think it's three pretty to good. Five. Like, I think my website yeah. converts higher than my Etsy shop does probably because yeah. it gets less traffic but makes more sales in relation yeah. to that. But like my electronic stuff, like my Thriver Circle, my membership site and stuff, the conversion rate's way higher than that Yeah, because less people are like my traffic's not huge but of the people who – go there they're obviously already interested in that very specific thing and so they're only going if they're interested so you're more likely to see people who buy i think you're you're probably find the same thing yeah yeah same yeah it's a matter of the traffic quality like if you you know people finding you on etsy most of them are probably cold in the sense of like they just found you like just a random click away from finding your product on on etsy 
Yeah. Versus like someone that's engaged with your content already, like it would be the case for you, Jess, was like the, the podcast and, you know, like our YouTube channels and stuff like that. They know us, they found us, they're already kind of like, they're warm to yeah, us. Exactly. So it's a lot easier to convert. So it's, it's almost like you would need a conversion rate traffic source and per, you know, so like don't get too obsessive about like what that number is and just trying to constantly improve it essentially. Mm. And it also depends on how you measure it because I know some people measure it with views versus visits and that will have a massive difference. Like It should be visitors, not It views. should be visitors, but some people mm-hmm. will look at views and then you're like, well, no, that would definitely be lower than. Depressing. <laughs> be depressing. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and it doesn't really give you any extra information mm. anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really important. Really interesting point. I know we just covered this, but I've just been churning it over in my little brain, thinking about the different niches and how that would affect the type of traffic that you're getting, but also the demand for the product and Mm. the trickiness of having less people when you're like hyper niche, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be more interested in your thing. So then if you're focusing on traffic, for example, then how do you get those people through because then once you get them through, they're going to be really interested in buying. So yeah. you'll have a high conversion yeah. rate. It's, you know, it's that, that eternal <laughs> like balance of all those. Yeah. Yeah. And you can look at like, if you go, if you have Etsy or Google Analytics or whatever, somewhere that, well, Etsy's probably easy because they tell you where your traffic sources are coming, like what your traffic sources are. And if you can look at like, okay, my traffic coming from say Etsy search, the Etsy apps versus traffic coming from external sources or social media. Now, the, the external sources on social media are probably traffic you are driving yourself. Mm-hmm. So they're probably people who are warm traffic. It's probably warm yeah. traffic, people who know you, whereas the Etsy traffic will be cold traffic. So if you're getting way more like Etsy traffic than traffic you drive, it's more cold traffic versus warm traffic. So, mm-hmm. you know, so if, whereas if you're really big on Instagram, for example, and most of your customers are finding you via your Instagram account, you're getting a lot more warm traffic. So your conversion rate is probably naturally going to be higher than someone who's getting a lot of cold traffic. And that's another thing to think of when you're thinking about your marketing model, that if you're focusing on SEO, you're going to be getting a lot more cold traffic. So you actually need more traffic. Yeah, it becomes more of a volume game. Warm traffic, yeah. And I think it depends too, like, you know, if you're like, oh, well, actually most of my traffic comes from social media, but my conversion rate is still low. Before you start thinking my product sucks because that's where your brain's going to go. It's going to go like, oh my God, no one wants to buy my product. <laughs> it's also, there is, it's, it's true that most of the time, especially if it comes from your own Instagram page or Facebook page or whatever, it will be warm traffic. There's also all these things that can happen on social media that are not going to be bringing the right kind of visitors <laughs> to your shop, like posting in those big seller groups, mm-hmm. things on Facebook and just dropping your links to your shop and then all that happens is that a bunch of other shop owners come and check out your shop, but they're yeah. not actually buyers and that completely mm. ruins your stats and your conversion rate. Also sends all kind of wrong signals to like the algorithm on Etsy who's like, yeah, people are coming and not buying. So we're yeah, not going to bring do this. Don't do that. It sucks. You know, bad ads and bad ad targeting as well would do that. So it's important to like think about traffic volume and then traffic quality as well. Like meaning are people that click to my shop pretty warm or still pretty distant from like actually being ready to purchase. I feel like we've probably done a whole episode on this, so we should probably mm. move on. If we have, we'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Ivy. A <laughs> lovely Ivy will yeah. figure that out for <laughs> Ivy will find it in our master spreadsheet. <laughs> Do you struggle with figuring out what price to put on your products? I think we've all been there and it can be really confusing and frustrating trying to work out exactly where to price our products and put them in the marketplace. So we wanted to make it a little bit easier for you by putting together a free checklist. In this checklist, we take you through all of the things you need to consider and include in your pricing 
and also a few of the things you might want to consider when it comes to adjusting your pricing once the math stuff has been sorted out. So you can get a hold of that free download over at thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash get freebies. Another thing that I want to say before we dive into the more, uh, you know, really practical tips of things you can do is higher level as well, being pretty honest with if things are stagnant, is it possible that it's because you've been jumping sheep a lot? Like this is a big problem. Like you've been trying Instagram for two months and then you stopped and you started focusing on Facebook instead and then you stopped and then you did this. And so there was no kind of continuity. So you weren't able to like kind of reap the, the rewards of like compound effect essentially and slowly building something that ends up being bigger and big because that happens way too often. And often it's like, I've tried everything, but nothing is working. And it's like, because you have tried too many things a short period of time you haven't tried it one single thing and actually stuck to it mm-hmm. so that's a conversation you need to have with yourself <laughs> yes it's like compound interest if you're putting yeah. money in savings or the bank if you keep taking it yeah. out and putting it in different accounts it's never going to compound because yeah. you just keep starting from scratch yeah so well, you need those bloody atomic habits isn't it from our book yeah yes. 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 It's 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 a little clear consistency yes build upon those small that's it yeah Mm. and like you know nothing happens that you will not get results from instagram in three months you will not get results from facebook in three months you will not get results from pinterest in three months like you might get some results Mm. not the results you want Mm. like the big results you know where it's consistent there's heaps of traffic coming and they're turning to sales that will slowly happen like seriously give yourself a year like just Mm. really dive deep into whatever platform you're doing rather than just kind of constantly jumping because you're actually losing time. Yeah, and it's it's like I so often think this in my own business. I've been in business for like, well, 13 years now or something, and I still to this day go, I really should have started this earlier and stuck to it a lot. Like, like yeah. YouTube, I've only taken YouTube seriously this year, and I'm like, God's sake, why didn't I do this five years ago? <laughs> like I've had a YouTube yeah. channel longer than I've had my business, you know, and it's like if I'd only yeah. taken this seriously but you know, and like, if a decade you- ago. If you had dedicated time to it a decade ago, that would mean time away from something else that That's you would. The podcast, yeah. So, you'd be looking yes. at podcasting and go, why don't I have a podcast? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's always something. You have yeah. to make a sacrifice on something else. Exactly. And that's the hard part is deciding what you're yeah. going to sacrifice to spend the time on something being that okay you hope that. is going to work. Mm. But it's just part of business. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to say was, are you learning too much and not implementing enough? <laughs> oh, hi, my name is Michaela Davis and I'm a learner and not an implementer. <laughs> <laughs> learning is fun and there is so much information online these days, so many courses you can take, so many memberships you can join, so many YouTube videos to watch. But what are you doing with this information and are you putting it into practice? Because mm. it's the same thing. Like I see that a lot. It's like, you take actually I think I've done a video about that I can't remember what it's called I think it's called the trap that most sellers fall into or something like that I can't remember Mm. some some fancy YouTube clicky title (laughs) (laughs) and like it's about the fact that when you work on something like a course so like say you join Jess's membership and you go through like a couple of courses and you so that takes your time because you watch videos and you do the activities and all that's work so in your brain you're like oh I'm working on my business right now so as soon as you're finished with the course, you're like, well, where are the results? And it's like, you've just done step one, which is take the course and mm-hmm. learn the things you haven't done the implementing yet. Yeah. So it's like after each course lesson, YouTube video you watch or whatever, there's an implementation phase that's not as fun as the course because there's no more modules that you can mark as complete or, you know, <laughs> it's not fun anymore. 
you actually just have to grind with the it's stuff the, that you've learned. Yeah, it's the same thing with when people are setting goals, right? You set the yeah. goal, but you don't set any action plan. <laughs> yeah. Like, why aren't I achieving my goals? I put it out into the universe. <laughs> totally. like, what's it's, oh, my God. Yeah. Putting it out to the universe. So yeah. you should really, like, yeah, have a, what is the word for that? Putting, like, not visualizing. An intention. Manifesting. Manifesting, yes. Mm-hmm. You need to manifest by taking action. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you manifest. We're not big manifestors. We just take action over here. Yeah. <laughs> that manifesto. Like you need better. a vision. You need to know what you want. Yeah, yeah. But of then course. you have to do the freaking work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could get into this whole thing, you know, reticular activating system, the part of your brain, like it, yeah. if you're focusing on something, then your brain actually filters the information so you can see more of the opportunities. It's mm-hmm. not because the opportunities are just mm. Coming out of the universe, it's because your brain has actually set in motion a filtering system that allows you to notice those opportunities and then mm. you take action on them. So, you know, yeah. it's a whole scientific thing. Yeah, like when someone says, go look, like, watch out for red cars and you watch out for red cars and you mm. notice the red cars. Mm. There's a game. Have you guys both heard of Spotto, the yeah, car yeah. game? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, okay. So, Deb, this is a car game you play when you're on a long journey or just as Nick and I do every single time we get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that you look for a car, of a, a vehicle of a particular color. Traditionally, it's yellow. And so you watch out for a yellow vehicle. And whoever spots it first yeah, okay. yells spotto and punches the other person. Not hard, but just, just <laughs> gently. violence here. <laughs> and, and sometimes sometimes there is a sub rule that you can't punch the driver because that's dangerous. <laughs> that's bad. And then you can have sub rules like the vehicle has to be moving. It has to be 50% or more yellow. These are just our personal sub rules. I could go into more, but anyway. So you notice the yellow cars, which before yeah. you'd never even noticed because you weren't looking for them. Yeah. Kids make sort of up fun. their own rules because there's Spotto and there's Lotto for blue cars and there's Lotto oh. for green cars and it's all the whole thing. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's your reticular activating system in in the mm. works, in motion. Yeah. yeah. I think we got a little bit off track, but yes, yeah, manifesting, but- great. You need to take action to actually make that work. Exactly. Yeah. Implementation. Yeah. My weak point. Stop just <laughs> dreaming and do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. So we've covered a few very, very, very important things. Now let's say, okay, that all sounds great. I've looked at those things. Okay, let's look at some nitty-gritty stuff that we can actually mm-hmm. perhaps change. And this might, I mean, we're sort of a, like coming at this from a like identifying what's wrong angle, but you could do the things that we're about to go into that doesn't necessarily have to be done if something's wrong. You can refresh mm. your Yes. At any point, mm. what are the things that you can do to make things better? Because as you learn and you grow and you get better at things, like obviously you should update these things, things as you yeah. go. Well, oh, this is my weakness. I will, <laughs> I will be honest. I've had an Etsy shop since 2008. Some of those listings had the same tags they did in 2008, I'll be honest. Um, so I, like, I'm, ter- I'm terrible at doing this. So it's something I just did recently. I went back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a concerted effort to just improve what I already have. And this is what we're talking about. Rather than making new products or taking new photos or whatever, what can I do just with what I already have? Yeah, to make what you have the best it can be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God, I found so many problems, but I fixed them and that's great. And I'm like, wow, I need to do more of this. So (laughs) let's dive into some of those ideas. The first one I have is look at your SEO. But when someone says look at your SEO, you're probably like, wow, that sounds really overwhelming. Just pick five products Mm -hmm. and check the titles. Mm. like start there yeah let's look at my old stuff especially like if you've got like old stuff that's just not selling or not getting traffic but you still think it's good 
this is a time to go back and look at that stuff and refresh it because your new stuff you've probably done a better job with because you knew a bit more, right? Yeah. So go back and look at your old stuff. And the stuff that's not getting any attention because, yes. like, you can mess with that. It's not going to change yeah, the results don't that you're getting right now. the stuff that's working. Yeah, totally. So if it's old mistake. but it's working. Yeah, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Doesn't look like it should by the new SEO standard rules, but it's working. So whatever, just take that. <laughs> but yeah, the old stuff that's kind of not getting any traction. Should we define old as well? Because there'll be some shops that will be like shop owners. They'll be like, "Well, I'm fairly new. Like I've been on it for yeah, like a year." Yeah, I put like this on three months year. ago. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah not, I put this on three months ago. That's well, not really old. It's not old, but also if you're just starting out and you've learned a shit ton in that three months, yeah, then maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, like maybe you yeah. have no idea, like, and you've titled your listings Esmeralda Bracelet. Yeah. Like if that's what the sort of titles you're using. <laughs> Unique gift for you, her. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to fix it. So, yeah, so <laughs> if that's the sort of standard of SEO you had or you have now, don't feel bad. We've all been there, but it's time to fix it. So yeah, descriptive titles and tags, think about what someone's going to type into search bar to find mm-hmm. you. So update that stuff. Photos is one that oftentimes people can do a lot better job with the photos they already have. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like maybe your first photo is not cropped enough. Remember people are shopping on their phones most of the time. So when they see this photo, it's probably going to be small. So you need to crop it in enough so that people are seeing the product. Yeah, I think <laughs> I just want to harp on this a little bit more in, the, in yeah. what you just said. Like when we say relook at your photos, it doesn't mean do a whole new photo shoot. No. It means like. Make the photos that you have better. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, crop them, edit them, you, make yeah. them brighter. Or your <laughs> editing maybe can be more consistent because you've mm. learned how to edit better and so your latest pictures or your latest products are much better and you can go on the old ones and, yeah, kind of like just do them, them, them up a bit. Yeah. yeah. Look at the white balance, look at the brightness and mm. the contrast, try to make them pop off the screen, all of those sorts of things. I think this is obviously very important if you're on your website or on Etsy or anywhere you might be selling online, but on Etsy also – it plays like this double role of like obviously getting sales because if you don't have great pictures, you're not going to get conversions, but also clicks. So like if your Etsy, your Etsy titles and tags might actually get you shown in such results, great, but you're not going to get that click because people around you, like the other listings around you are going to get the clicks because they have better pictures. Then it's kind of like all your Etsy SEO is not paying off because you're not getting that last step, which is actually clicking through the listing. So it does have a, it's really important for your SEO as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely those listings that you're looking at, you're like, well, yeah, I could probably improve that a little bit. Do it. Very, very, very important. I think the standard of photos is like improved so much oh my like God, over so the much. years. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like just because phones are so good now too. Yeah. Like so many makers that I've worked with are like excited to get fancy phones instead of fancy mm-hmm. cameras because same Clearly, also, you have, like, you also use your phone more than an actual camera. Yeah. And I so understand because, like, you really, like, if you have an iPhone, whatever number we're on right now, like iPhone 21 or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying this for years. You don't, it doesn't matter the tools that you use. It's how you use them, right? Yeah. So it, yeah. yeah. The cameras are so good in them yeah. and they have been for so long. Yeah. You need to go back to the fundamentals of composition mm-hmm. and yeah. lighting and none yeah. of that has to do with the actual phone. Okay. Yeah, no. but it does help that now they have like those focus and those like kind of blur yeah. the background for me, don't blur the background for me, like, you mm-hmm. know, all this stuff that's kind of just a couple of buttons away. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all this to say, photo is very, very, very important. Yeah, <laughs> so whatever you can do to improve the ones you already have is a good idea mm. for sure. And see if you can like cheat a little bit. Like, for example, like say you make, I don't know, mugs and you've got 
one mug that you've taken a nice photo of somebody holding it, but you haven't done that with your other mugs. But that mug's basically the same size as all your other mugs. Just put that photo in all your listings. <laughs> like just, yeah, just to show make, the size. Yeah, just to show yeah. the size and to have a bit of a styling shot in there. Yeah. And just to, like people aren't that stupid. They'll realize it's a different mug. But you can, for, like for size illustration, this is another big thing that people who are on the ball have been doing for a long time now. But if you're not paying attention, you might not be doing Put text on your bloody pictures. Yeah, I was going to say Not the first graphics. one, yeah. but use pictures and graphics because people are just <clears throat> not read the description, especially if yeah. they're on Etsy because Etsy is completely hidden in the description now. Mm-hmm. You cannot see it unless you press a button mm. to, to expand it. It just says description, item description. You it's to, really weird, especially it's, on like the phone. Yeah, oh it's not God. good. Anyway, so any really important information that people need to know, make a graphic for it and put it in your photos because yeah. people will scroll through the photos. Yeah. So that is a huge – I mean, if you, shop, if you shop on like eBay or like Amazon, you would have seen this like for years now. But yeah. Etsy mm-hmm. people seem to be not as much yeah. kind of doing it. More in supplies but not so much in handmade. But you can still make it look pretty. Like still use yeah, like actually one of your it's a great opportunity to make it super branded because like those yeah. graphics can be super cute. They have your fonts and your colors. It's a great way to like communicate a tone as well and like mm-hmm. start like the customer experience. But remember, like people scroll the photos. It's like, kind of like the first thing that they do. So they're not you know you're warming them up. You need to sell the products for what you're selling. This is not necessarily a good time to have super precise like care instruction for whatever it is that you know because you're essentially you're making them think about something they weren't thinking about which is the oh yeah i'm gonna have to care for that and oh i can't use it if it rains or i can't do you know what i mean like Mm. so all this stuff can be in the description it's there it can be in an insert in your packaging all that stuff but it's not like you you need to have only very positive like yeah like the features and the benefits right yeah moving people forward to like oh yeah i definitely do want to buy that or i want to read the description and click that bloody description learn more thing to actually (laughs) see more but be very mindful of the fact that you don't need to say everything in your pictures, but just the stuff that will sell the article. I would say yeah. in terms of like design, like I totally get what you guys are saying of putting the text on the images, mm. but just... It depends on the image. Well, no, I just mean like the, the image should still be the hero, right? And mm. like just less is probably more. And if you mm. don't have a design background, it could go really wrong really quickly, like yeah. putting text yeah. over yeah. images. So yeah, just think about your styling and composition still and... Like if you yeah. can, if the text is legible, if it's going over light and dark backgrounds, like it's all these things that you mm. need to kind of think of. I think usually like what I see that I like the most is an actual image that's only text, like it's only mm-hmm. a Canva graph. I say Canva graphic because have we all accepted that Canva is now the new graph? Pretty like, much. Is yeah. this just a verb now? I'm be- I've been canvaying <laughs> or something? I don't know. But, you know, like a pretty graphic instead of an image. So your product mm. might not even be on that image. It's actually just a text image, but yeah. with pretty font and all of that. And then if you have to mix text and your actual product image, very, very little text. Like usually that's really good for like naming colors, naming size. Like if you have three different size of like necklaces or whatever, mm. you can say, this is the eight inch. This is, I don't know why I said inch because I don't speak inches. Right. So I don't even know if eight, eight inches might be super long or super short. That's I have no idea. Not a necklace. Yeah. That's not, what is no. eight inches? That's like a bracelet, maybe. Yes. Oh, okay. So very tiny. Yes. <laughs> for your cat, maybe. For your cat. <laughs> Not even for a baby. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like, no, maybe it's helpful to do this kind of stuff. Or like, if you sell three di- variation of blue, and you're like, "This is turquoise. This is teal. Mm-hmm. This is whatever other yeah. blue, yeah. cyan or whatever," so that people then in the drop down can see 
what they I just realized that whole thing that we were just talking about was so funny because I had in my head that you were talking about earrings and I'm like, eight inch earrings are fucking massive. Uh, and then like, that's really small. I'm like, what? <laughs> my brain took so long to catch up. Yeah, I missed that part. I had like pendants or like chains in mind, like those different length of like necklace that you can get. I don't know. I try to be someone I'm not and speak inches and I was like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) What is this imperial measuring system? Yeah, with that said, if you ask me how long is a necklace in centimeters, I also wouldn't know. Like I'd be like, I'm very bad at estimating this kind of stuff. It's okay. You don't have to. Yeah. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the podcast as much as we love bringing it to you? If so, we'd love to talk to you about becoming one of our supporters. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. All right. What are some other things that people can do quickly to kind of, like, if, especially if this is like the end of the year, do like just a general look over everything, like, like look through all your pages, like on With your fresh website. eyes too, yeah. as in like what are, what is someone seeing for the first time when they're coming to yes. your shop? And especially as Jess was just saying, if it's, if something important's going on, someone who's never been to your shop before won't know that. So, like, mm-hmm. how are they, what are they experiencing mm-hmm. when they see it? And is that all relevant and up-to-date and giving yep. the yeah. best impression? Have you got old information there? Have you got any, like, a really good thing to do if you've never done it is just get a friend or family member to read your pages on your website and look for, like, typos and errors because, inevitably you've probably made some because when you've read the same thing 10 times your brain is just seeing what it expects to see rather than what's Mm. actually there so yeah you know every so often get someone to have a little look over and make sure everything is good and all the all the grammar's good and because I mean I don't know about other people but the thing one of the things that turns me off faster than anything else when I'm looking to buy something is bad grammar Mm. I'm just like, you can't even be bothered to, like, write properly. <laughs> How yeah. much care are you going to put into my product? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just being wary of different people's education levels. It's there are services out there that can help you. So, like, you know, mm. you can Grammarly. Grammarly and you can – so if you're not sure about – if you're just not sure, like, I always get stuck on stupid apostrophes, like, fuck me. Like <laughs> – me too. I don't know where they're supposed I to go. Supposed to I them. don't understand them. I swear this is the one <laughs> lesson that I skipped in school. <laughs> it won't work trying to translate what school level, but essentially I would have been like 12 in an English class. And I actually was allowed by my parents to leave class early that year to go visit my family in the US. So I missed the last two weeks of the school And term you think that was the apostrophe lesson? <laughs> it was. It definitely was. Because I remember my teacher, she knew that I loved English and like I was like the English star student, you know, I loved it. I was such a little nerd. I was like borrowing English books from her, trying to read Harry Potter in English and all. And she was like, Deb, we're going to cover something very important when you're gone. You need to study on your own because this will be just a, it's a big deal. It's used a lot in English. And I just didn't do it. And so now I'm constantly asking Nick when there's like a plural and the apostrophe and then another plural. I'm so confused. I can't do it. I usually just, I change the 
I me too. I changed the sentence. Like I fully just rewrite. I'm like, I'm giving up. Why not? I don't want it to be wrong, but I don't know how to do it right. So let's <sighs> do it a different way. Always find a way, people. Find a way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, but anyway, so I was funny. saying there's services that can help you. So just run it through mm. Grammarly or whatever else might be out there to like make sure that it's all your grammar yeah. and just picking up typos and stuff like that. It's attention to detail is really mm. important. Like if you have something like Gmail, just put it in a Gmail like draft because it's so good already just in there. Even. Yeah. 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 Just making just sure that you've basic. set the right country thing. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. The right language. My work one, I'm in Australia and it should be in Australian English, mm-hmm. and all my work Outlook stuff is all set to American English and I can't change it. That is <laughs> so, so annoying. annoying. <laughs> It'd be like everything with S's, they'd be like Z, Z, Z. Yeah, and oh, so yeah. it says I've got all this stuff spelled wrong. I'm like, no, I haven't. God damn it. <laughs> That'd yeah, be so frustrating. I can't even remember what I've decided now, but I, I think I've decided that I was doing the American way when I'm writing out newsletters because I was I got tired of me that I didn't know how to spell. Well, it depends on the audience too. Like if you yeah, are yeah, in exactly. Australia and you have mostly American audience, then it would make I looked at the stats and I was like, yeah, majority is still American. All right, you guys win. <laughs> Damn yeah, it. See, as an Australian, I just can't bring myself to do that. I'm yeah. like, this is my language. If you don't like it, go away. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll change when I get my Australian passport. I'll be like, okay, guys, change of, change of rules. <laughs> I now <Chill> care. <laughs> that's it. That's I'm it. now proud. <laughs> Something I wanted to say about – this is maybe not something you want to do too often, but definitely a good time, end of the year or kind of like a yearly review or whenever you're listening to that podcast and you're, you're going like refreshing things and looking at things. Sometimes I think we look a fair bit at our competition when we get started because there's a bit of market research and then we obsess a little bit over it as well initially because you're kind of like, what are other people doing? Why is she, why is she or he selling more or less and kind of comparing a lot? And then there's maybe a little bit of get tired of that or you get overwhelmed by it and so you stop looking and you kind of concentrate on your own lane, which is great. But if you do that for too long, you might lose a little bit of market knowledge. So especially in something like Etsy where you're directly competing with those people on the same platform, less so if it's on your own website, but still important. How's the pricing going? Has everyone dropped their prices a bit? Have they gone up? Where people like usually not covering shipping in the price, but now it seems they all are. Or vice versa, like as any kind of trend around that uh, change in your niche. Like I'm not saying on Etsy in general, because oh my god, what what a job that would be. <laughs> also, completely useless. So just like your direct competitors and your niche, so that you can adjust and sort of match that and and see if you're still like relevant, essentially in your also, pricing. Totally in line with that, like the wording around it. I I came across someone the other day, and they were just talking about an experience they had. They offered mini photography sessions. And someone came back and said, that's ridiculous. You're charging $800 an hour because the mini session was 300 bucks or something. I don't know. But they specified that the, the session only went for 20 minutes or something. Mm. And so, you know, people were discussing the various ways that you can, you know, re-educate that client or, you know, whatever. But it sort of came around to maybe the language she was using around mini and the association with that was like all the other people in the industry at the thing that they were offering, they weren't using the word mini because that implied a lesser yeah. service mm-hmm. and it was still like a premium service. So she had to relook at that wording. So mm-hmm. yeah. in line with the pricing that your direct competitors are sort of, you know, mm-hmm. doing, then looking at what you're offering but also the wording around that and if that matches the expectation of the person buying sort of thing. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, mm. really good point. Um, is there anything else we want to cover? We've given you quite a lot to think about. <laughs> I think the last thing we should say is set 
a time. Schedule this in. Mm, oh, yeah. Because you'll mm. never do it. No. It's <laughs> so, not urgent. Like while you're listening it's to this fun. now, no. really we're near the end of the year if you're listening to this currently. If you're listening to it later, it doesn't doesn't matter when you're listening to it. But open up your diary and figure out when do you have even just half an hour to start doing a bit of an audit of what mm. needs looking at mm. and then scheduling in a time to make those changes happen. Yeah. Yeah, it needs in the plan. Otherwise, it will never happen. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things that you can just put off. Again, why I'm so crap at doing this sort of stuff, and I think a lot of people are, is because it's so easy to just put off because you're like, oh, well, I've got this more urgent, urgent thing and it's not yeah. fun. But it, uh, it's like, it actually is urgent. That's the thing. Well, it's just that your brain yeah. tells you it's not. But mm, I not think fun. it's, it's important. <laughs> it's not urgent. Yeah. Well, it could be if, like, your SEO is really lagging, your pictures all need improving, and your pricing is off. Like, that's mega mm. urgent. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, like, crucial action steps you need to take. So it depends, obviously. If it's just yeah. little tweaks, you know, it's maybe not as urgent. But I think we're quibbling over, like, what yeah, urgent totally. is. Because yeah. <laughs> it can be super important, but urgent is, like, crisis point. Like, it needs to happen yeah. today. Like, you need to send yeah. files to someone. It's usually because somebody yeah. else has got a priority or, yeah, or an yeah. issue that you yeah. need to address. But it's always those things that are important and not urgent that always never get done. Yeah, because never get done. Yeah. 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 So, no, you're matrix. right. It's very important. It's not urgent. Therefore, you won't do it. <laughs> therefore you should be but doing it should it. be urgent therefore you should yeah. be doing it you should make it urgent yeah <laughs> just give just yourself a deadline stress a about it no, don't stress about it but make it a priority <laughs> definitely okay well i think we'll leave it there i think we've given you enough to think about and definitely enough to work on if you do mm. want to go through this list it's inspiring i want to go and update my non-existent stuff <laughs> i've just actually done a big session like that on my business of looking mm. at what is it that I'm actually doing but not doing as well as I could because mm-hmm. I can't add more at the moment because I'm a butt tired baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it was not fun but it was interesting. It was definitely one of those as well where I was like a bit like you. I was like, mm, I wish I had kind of like fixed that a little early on or made that system better <laughs> a little early on or, you know, but it's never been fun so, like, I just didn't do it. <laughs> and, it, like, there's always improvements that can be made. Yeah. This, is the, this is the big takeaway. You can always improve things. You can always make them better. You only have so many hours in the day. So just yeah. do what you can, but try not to neglect it too much. Yeah. Learn from those of us who have. And again, I think one of the hardest things is when things are going well, this is really, really hard to do because yeah, you're like, everything seems fine. Everything seems fine. I'm doing fine, you know, but it's still important to keep on top of this stuff because mm-hmm. things change that are external to you that if you're not kind of keeping your finger on the pulse of things. Yeah, it's keeping that machine well-oiled Yes, so the wheels don't fall off later. Like we were talking about earlier, like getting regular massages or, you know, Mm. going to the doctor to get checkups, even when things are going well. Mm. I've just recently, my um, because I usually get a sports massage once a month because I'm an athlete and I do lots of sports, and my masseuse injured her hand a few months ago, and so I stopped and I haven't been back, and I'm like, I really, really, (laughs) I'm having all these hip problems. I'm like, I really need to get find another masseuse and start going back. Because I'm all tight and horrible, and oh, that's what's that's yeah. what's missing in my life right now. <laughs> yeah, so maintenance, 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 maintenance stuff is important. Okay, yeah. awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to find out more about us, you can of course go to our website, thebusinessofmaking.com. If you'd like to support the show, we have a Patreon program over at patreon.com forward slash tbom. Because every month for the last few years, we have been doing an extra episode for our patrons. And all the back catalogue is there, many, many, many months worth of 
in-depth episodes. So if you'd like to check that out, you can go do that over at patreon.com forward slash T-B-O-M. And of course, just, you know, free things you can do to support us would be awesome to rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. We love reading our reviews. It always makes us smile. The good ones, obviously. I mean, don't bother if it's a one star. Don't You don't need to do that. It's fine. <laughs> Why are you listening? Why are you there at the end of the episode for one star? <laughs> you won't be here anymore, so that's fine. <laughs> and please do share. Please do share with your friends. We'd love to help more makers out. That's why we're here. So thank you for listening. We'll catch you again in our next episode, which is our last episode before we go on hiatus, apart from the live Q&A we're doing on the 15th of December, which we're super excited about. So we're doing like a live Ask Me Anything session with our patrons on the 15th of December. So if you fancy just coming and joining us for that, again, you can join us on Patreon and do that. Okie dokie. I think that's everything. Yeah, you did very well. <laughs> that was a good things. wrap up. Well, yeah, Mickey, Mickey and I were like impressive. Like, I'm nodding going, wow, I need, a, I need to learn from this. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my one more that I need to host. <laughs> just let just wrap up the episode. No, it's fine. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.